0: Mm-hmm. Transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet, this is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to episode 138, Who is in Charge of My Agency? Now a lot of people might ask, why in the world would I care who's in charge of that agency? And that's what we're going to talk about, the logical and the illogical, what's sensible and what's not. But before we get to that, of course, we always got information to give you. And if you want to know how to get in contact with Raider Cop Podcast, it's easy. Tap on your keyboard and type in RaiderCopNation.com. There our website will appear. You can scroll all the way down. The icons will pop up and you can communicate with us a lot more effectively. And the list of shows, current and coming up, are also listed on a section there as well. So we invite you to contact us and uh, network with us on current and future episodes. we got a lot of them lined up, so a lot of work to be done still. All right, and then speaking of the website, it is uh, upgraded. We are slowly putting that together. And uh, within this coming month, we're going to be adding the Raider Cop store. Where you can buy mugs, stickers, T-shirts with the logo, and that kind of thing. So it's still a work in progress. We're pastering that together. But it uh, just gives you a little bit, something more to look at and consider. Um, what else we got here? All right, well, the coronavirus numbers are increasing in facilities. Recently, the Miami Herald posted an article where it stated that the Miami-Dade County Jail had 600 inmates with coronavirus. Of course, we all know that nowadays you can print whatever you want because facts only get in the way of the actual general story. We don't know if it's true or not, but what we do know that the rhetoric is out there. Numbers are going up because, as we said in our other episodes dealing with corrections, the answer is not to open up the gates of the jail and let everybody out. The answer is to provide these correction departments with resources, just like you have in a hospital. And that's what they need to protect the staff, to protect the inmates. It is a self-contained city within the city, and it needs badly those resources that cost a whole lot of money. So since politicians are not into funding jails and bad guys, they will continue to open up the door and let the bad guys out because first it sells their personal agendas in having a corrupt society and it also attends to their philosophies of communism, of uh, bail reform and uh, jail reform, prison reform. Everything's being reformed, even in their minds, constitutional reform. So be wary of the word reform. But um, that has been our answer from the get-go, the providing information, resources to jails and prisons, not just opening up the door and letting them out. All right, uh, what have we got up here? Number three... Let's look at the lineup that we have on Rated Cop Podcast. And um, I might have gotten through this the last episode. But anyway, nevertheless, we'll do it again. Up next after this one is episode 139, Get It All, GIA. And that's going to lead us into the progression of continuous correctional stories. Now, this story that we have today, Who's in Charge of My Agency?, We'll tap into the forgotten profession of law enforcement as well. And we'll put it all together for you folks in a minute. You'll start to understand where we're going with this title. But uh, May 13th, episode 139 is Get It All, GIA Match release from jail. We're going to talk about that. May 20th, we start our Wise guy series up again. We've taken a little hiatus because we were... Enjoying the hysteria of the media on coronavirus, Chicken Little, and now we're going back to the basics, and we feature Dong Dong Vito, Episode 140, May 27th. Your eyes look at the target in combat, and that is Episode 141. Hopefully, we have Kilo Sierra that's on there, that could be on there with us. June 3rd. Scam the Old Timers, that's episode 142, interesting piece of uh, material we've put together on that one, and June 10th, uh, episode 143, continuing with the series of of Wise Guys, the Prime Minister, and we're going to uh, start getting in more into those Wise Guys series. We know you enjoy that, so we're going to have one one a month. And um, we got a lot of material for you also. All right, also we did, if you can remember, the Synopsis series where we had... It was a short little thing, about 15 minutes or less, and we would come out and we would talk about the episode that was coming out that week. And usually we'd have to do it on the weekend to introduced the episode that was coming in on Wednesday, but the numbers, the ratings were not as we had liked, and a lot of effort for a sizzling fire rocket, so we've decided to convert that, and change that to a monthly podcast, and it will be titled Raider Cop Synopsis News. And we are going to basically just talk about law enforcement news for that month. And we'll piece it all together. It might be a 45-minute show. So we're going to start doing those news segments. So we can stay kind of current with what we're doing. And if there are news developments, you'll get it through there. So we're kind of like doing two podcasts now. Three, actually, because you can't test everything. That's another one. But you got to keep busy. Got to keep on thinking. All right. What do we got up next? Number five. And speaking of that, um, the the website for that is going to be com, And that should start in uh, May. I don't know when exactly in May, but probably May 11th or something like that. All right, good for the week, uh, we're going to have the San Francisco Chief of Police, and I, hold on a second, I got to look up his name, and his name is William Scott, been hired uh, as Chief of Police for San Francisco since January 2017, brought in after 27 years with Los Angeles, has ruled that officers wearing face masks that are the official mourning flag of police officers, which is the American flag that has those blue lines in it. They were, the officers had face masks, just like that. And uh, he apparently saw that on a news article and said that they were offensive and disrespectful. So he ordered his officers to take them off. So here on, I know it's early, it was midweek, and this was, our decision was done on Monday. So very early in the week. But we have chosen because we believe that this stupidity cannot be outbid by anybody else. In also awarding him the goof of the week, so it is my honor to present Chief William Scott the goof of the week from Radar Cop Podcast. So I mean, apparently the idiot has recognized that the flag in his email that he wrote—I guess that's supposed to be the same as a memorandum—that. Um, The uh, mourning flag that police officers use is 30 years old, and uh, it is in recognition of those fallen officers. But he doesn't care because he said it was offensive and disrespectful. Someone also said in an article that we will post here on our show notes that looking at all those officers with all those masks in San Francisco, It looked like it was somewhere down in the Southern Dixie line, which I think that comment was offensive and disrespectful. So maybe we can have the old hag removed from the article. All right. So without any other further ado, it's time for us to get in the word of the week and let God minister to us. Reading from Proverbs, number seven. My son, keep my words and treasure. Live. And my laws as the apple of your eye, bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart, say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the mortal woman, from this seductionist who flatters with her words, and of course, you can always hear more about what we just read in Proverbs seven on test everything, fifteen twenty one. That also is being launched on the same date as this one. This podcast comes out usually later in the day, and fifteen minutes or less—a powerful word of God for your spiritual life—and you can hear it on. Um. Spotify, and Apple, and Buzzsprout, because we actually are on Sprout. But if you're confused with all that, just go to RaiderCopNation.com, and you'll see a section on top that says Test Everything. Tap on that, and you can hear from there the latest episode that we have on the Word of the Week. 15 minutes or less for your life. So, This is a topic that has confused a lot of people. Who is in charge of my agency? Episode 138. How does this correspond with the forgotten profession in law enforcement? Well, they're one of the biggest offenders of what we're going to talk about. Police, not so much. But every now and then we do find a goof like we found one in the chief of the San Francisco Police Department but today we're going to concentrate mostly on the forgotten profession so today's episode who's in charge of my my agency episode 138 time to get the clowns <laughs> So you might be asking yourself, who in the world would really care who's in charge of your agency? And that might be, for some people, like crooks. They probably wouldn't care to a hell of a beans who's in charge of that agency. But we're talking about mostly the law-abiding tax, tax person. You know, the schmuck that does everything that he's responsible for and does it diligently, works like a government mule to produce and never breaks any laws. So the other question is is the primary responsibility of government to protect its citizens? So in keeping with that theme is it important to know who's responsible for keeping the peace in your community. Another question that arises, would it matter to to you if someone's not qualified, the person in charge? I mean, would it? You know, you look up the fire department and you notice that the guy in charge is a tailor. No, not his last name, his profession. Profession. Or you look up the police department and you discover that the guy was a 40-year social... For 40 years, he was a social worker. Would it matter? Here's another question that might come up. Does the leadership of an agency, the police agency, report to the community? Do, Do they have to report to the community? Here's another question, are the leaders accountable to the taxpayers in the community? Oh, we're cooking with, with oil now, buddy. Another question, should these leaders be accessible to the community? Now on the theme of accessibility, I understand you can't be every place all the time, which physically impossible so in your jurisdiction where you live you might have one of these uh, chiefs of police that love media attention anything that goes down they're right down on the scene in front of the microphone hair combed chest out ready to go some communities you have no idea what's going on who's in charge so, accessibility could be through social networking. It could be through events that the community has. It could be through public information via television, radio, or it could also be through the World Wide Web. Now, for our young millennials, you know they might not know what that is, but that's www. So, as a result, accessibility should first come through the easiest means possible. And in this regard, it would be the website. Could pluck up their, their website, check out who are all these individuals in command. Now, let me read to you a, an article That's very important and to the hearts of many, many Americans. And I'll kind of give you an insight because a lot of these leaders in these police agencies that don't have what we are basically talking about today, they don't have who are the leadership accessible to the community Via all these mechanisms that we've spoken about social networking, television, radio, or the easiest one of all, the World Wide Web, WWW. Where you can poster their pictures on there, their bios, who they are, what they stand for, and what they're going to be doing. You you could put such information as how long have they been in that capacity? Wow, wouldn't that be special? So it would give the taxpayer, Joe and Mary, a whole lot of information on who these people are that are running their police agency or correction agency because every community has a jail. So, why would I need to know that? Well, let's say you are the victim of a crime or one of your family relatives, and they want to reach out because they're upset that they're not getting the services that they should be getting, but they can't find any information, and who's in charge? So, it looks kind of ugly, looks kind of confusing. So let me put it all in perspective to you reading this one small two-paragraph document that is in the hearts and minds and souls of many, many, many Americans. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political band which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal stations to which the law of nature and of nature's God entitles them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind require that they should declare the cause which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, government are instituted among men They're reserving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizations it powers in such forms, as to them shall seem mostly like to affect their safety and happiness. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards to their future security. Thomas Jefferson, the Declaration of Independence. So uh, if we're getting the taste, if you're picking up what we are putting down, you will recognize that the people have the ability and the power to change. Thanks to Thomas Jefferson, we can understand that a little bit better. We go on to explore some more on this one general question that we've come up with. Now, some of these agencies have what I like to call hacks. A hack is a political individual that by sometimes no malfeasance on their part have become part of a political wheel, maybe through family, inheritance, who knows, all of a sudden they're part of a political wheel, and that wheel, now somebody says, oh, little Johnny, well, he got into police work, and now that political wheel wants to make little Johnny that doesn't know how to tie his shoelaces yet and just graduated from the academy chief of police. So they groom him, they prepare him. He doesn't have two brains in his knucklehead skull, but they get him ready, and then one day they will put him in charge. When they do so, his IQ is so low, his file is not that impressive, so they have to do some political polishing to make Johnny looked good. They sent him to all kinds of courses where the mandate is make sure he passes. Johnny will look shiny with his uniform, his gun belt, and of course his shiny shoes. He'll look the part wherever he goes. Johnny now has become a political hack of a particular party. And all of a sudden, Johnny will say stupid things like the Memorial Police flag mask that people, officers, are wearing in San Francisco is both disrespectful and offensive to the community of San Francisco. See how a hack works? A hack knows when to dance as the puppeteer pulls the strings. A hack is educated on moving its lips as someone else talks. And a lot of these hacks, a lot of politicians want to hide them. You know, they're there, but they're not there. So sometimes their faces are nowhere to be found. So the question arises, shame on these government officials that have placed some of these hacks in these positions and then hide them. So what we've done on this show, we've come up with eight agencies and we looked at two factors. Factor number one, do they have any information provided about coronavirus, particularly in the jail setting, not necessarily the street because police are doing somewhat of a better job with that in informing the general public. We're talking about the special public in jail, the crooks, because we want to prevent them from opening the jail doors and letting them all out. The other question we ask is, via their website, is there an accessible section where I can see and communicate with these leaders? So off we go to the eight agencies. Our first agency is the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office in Tampa, Florida. With regards to COVID-19 or coronavirus, it came from China. They scored bad. Now, they did add information on there, but the information they had was just copy and paste from someplace else. I want to know specifically, because I'm Joe Sixpack, and I have a relative that got arrested, and he's one of the vulnerable groups, older person, and you want to make sure that they don't contract coronavirus when they're in jail. Okay. So, you want to get information. You've committed no crime. You're a taxpayer. You're one of the bubbleheads in the community that do everything right. But I can't find it. Now, what they do have is a whole lot of wash your hands and wear a mask and keep six feet apart. But it didn't tell me what's happening with my retarded cousin, Louie. So... They scored bad on that. On the leadership part, they scored very well. They had everybody's profile pictures up there, smiling in their uniforms. Second agency up was the Broward County Sheriff's Office, BSO. And if you remember, the old sheriff of BSO, Scott Israel, was removed by Governor Ron DeSantis for being the goof of the year in regards to the Parkland High School shooting. This guy messed that so bad up. He created a philosophy and an atmosphere and a culture within the agency of lilygagging. Don't respond to nothing. Do whatever you want. And bean counting. And that's why all those kids died, because that culture was created by its leader, Scott Israel was booted out, and they brought in a young uh, leader now. Little experience as a leadership. He was a sergeant. That was his highest rank. But um, they scored on covert 19, information for the jail bad. You had to search. You had to, like, really dig in to find anything through their news articles. Horrible. But I did find an inmate that died April 7th and we're going to post it on the show notes in a small little investigation. I like the way they formatted their memorandums with who are the investigative detectives and so forth. And their finding was that the inmate was um, had another illness and he as a result died of that illness and, and it was a covert 19 related death. So if you get hit by a car, it's covid 19 now. So that that was nice, but to get in some information about my cousin Louis, the retard that's in jail, couldn't find anything. Now uh, we went all the way across uh, the cont oh, the continent. That's what I mean, the country. And we went west, go west, young man. And we went to Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And I want to say that on the covid 19, they regarded it as excellent. They had way too much information. They told you about who got it, who didn't get it, who got tested, numbers, statistics, breakdowns. It was very, very informative. The leadership thing, was it's there, but you got to search for it. And for some reason, the sheriff there now, Alex Villanueva, which I'm still keeping my eye on him, is doing a somewhat of a good job. He's been a little goofy once or twice. But that's expected when you're running an agency so big. But I don't think he's really into the leadership thing uh, with his command staff. So he doesn't have, them spread. They have a table of organization that looks like a jigsaw puzzle because that's a pretty big agency. So I give them two scores of good on the leadership. It could be better. We'll just put it that way. Then we went what happens in this city stays in this city, and that's the city of Las Vegas with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, which also runs the jail because they are the sheriff. And they scored good on covert 19. And good on their leadership, but it could be a little bit better. Very similar to Los Angeles, you had to had a hunt to find out who's who, and you had to get those police reports, those yearly reports that they post sometimes on websites. You know how they did in 2018: murders and burglaries and people uh, with drug arrest and so forth. And what you hate when they. They just stop, like, on 2017 and it's 2020, you're like, where's 18, 19, and 20? But they're not there. But anyway, uh, if you went to those reports, you got a lot of pictures of the command staff and information who they were. So it could be better. But nevertheless, they did a good job. Out west, they were doing a lot better job in informing the public about their facilities. That's what we were looking for. New York City Corrections Department, they scored good on COVID-19 and good on leadership. They had everything right there for you to read. Who has it? Who doesn't have it? Segregation. And they explain somewhat of the process of coming to jail and how you're tested and so forth and seek medical attention. So they did an outstanding uh, presentation. What was a little shocking was their leadership page, which had about maybe eh, off. I don't have it in front of me, but I, it might have had like sixteen people on there. Four were uniform personnel, and there was an additional two that were sworn. That's six. That means there's a whole lot of civilians, and they were like um, I forgot what they call themselves, like assistant uh, chief. Uh, I don't know, big title, and you know he's in charge of IT. Yeah, but anyway, then we went down in the middle to the windy city, where the wind's always blowing, Cook County, Chicago, and they scored good on covert 19. They had information; didn't have to go digging for it. It, I wish the lettering would be a little bit bigger. The freaking thing was so tiny. It was difficult to read, but it was there. And uh, leadership, bad. All you got is Sheriff Dart. Sheriff Dart here, Sheriff Dart, Sheriff Dart, Dart, Dart. He's all over the place. But who's on the Sheriff Dart? You have no idea. He doesn't want you to know. And uh, that's the point that we're getting at. If I want to complain about uh, the afternoon shift at the specific Cook County Jail, I don't want to call Sheriff Dart not know what the hell's going on. I want to blast the guy that's supposed to be running that operation, but I can't because Sheriff Dart doesn't want me to know it. And lastly, we stopped at the Harris County Sheriff's Office in Texas, and they had a video presentation for COVID-19, very well done by a nurse, kind of explaining the procedure. Coming come into the jail, the process on how they're treating each ape man as they kill in. I think it was, it was the best presentation you could see. You didn't have to read anything. I just had to watch the video. And it had that calming effect. And that's the point I'm getting at. So I'm concerned about my retarded cousin Louie that's up in age and he might get arrested. Oh, he has gotten arrested, and he might contract coronavirus that came from China. So I'm concerned about him. But after watching that video and see how thorough they are, even if he does get it, I know that they're going to take care of him. That's the message that needs to get out. So on our review, we had a lot of bad ones, but the badest and worst of them all was Miami-Dade. So the Miami-Dade Corrections Department, on the covert 19 information, zero, zip. All you got was a link to the county that they had a bunch of links to how to wash your hands. Gross and gross tax. So if you wanna know about your loved one that's in jail, you're not gonna get it in the Miami-Dade jail. You're not gonna get a lick of information. And uh, the leadership, it seems to vanish. It seems to have disappeared into a mist. Who's running the operations? Who's running what jail? There's nothing. There's a code of secrecy. We will not let anybody know. Anyway, Miami, nobody speaks English, so who cares? Get it? So they were the worst of them all. And, uh, day, uh, as I said, I had some links to Covert 19, but they take you to the county website. And then when you got there, it was all how to wash your hands and proper disposal of gloves and all that other baloney. But nothing jail related. I need to know because my retarded cousin Louie is in jail. He's up in age. So the point we're getting at with this episode who's in charge is sometimes I can resolve so many things by picking up the phone and calling the person that's responsible for that element not navigating from the top and trying to figure out if anybody's ever going to fix it sometimes it's easier to catch a little fish than catch the big fish to get the little fish But the purpose of all this would be, for one thing, one thing only, accessibility, what we originally spoke about. The responsibility of leadership is to let the community know that your rank and your title holds the authority on the element that they may need services or questions and answers to. And some of these communities, it's a hidden agenda. You won't know who they are. It's wrong. Every website dealing with law enforcement, police, or corrections should have the leaderships, bios, photographs, in case you wanted to. You want you don't—they're not wearing uniform. How do you? I know you're the guy I saw on the website. They should have their pictures, their bios on there, their budgets, because that's accessibility to the community. Now I know a lot of leaders—that's a distraction. don't need to do all that. We're doing our job. We're doing it effectively. No, you're not. You're missing out on those very powerful and meaningful words that Thomas Jefferson wrote in that little piece of paper called the Declaration of Independence. The people have the ability to change the government. And I call on the people to start making those changes. Start, get your own microphone and start talking into it. Change will happen accessibility is a right that every American should have. We don't live in communist China, so I should know who is running my agency. For some people, this episode has no meaning. Man, I didn't really like it because it doesn't mean anything, but it does. It talks volumes. Because you see, in a lot of what I've talked about, a lot of liberal... Communities are the ones that don't have accessibility. Frightening. But whether you're right wing or left wing, I don't care what wing you're you're walking, the community should know who's running their agency and the elements of that agency. All right, so what's up next? Well, we have episode 139, and as I said in the opening act, get it all, GIA, and that deals with the forgotten profession of corrections again, mass release from jails. And we're going to come up, give you some of those numbers. They're frightening, they're alarming, they're mind-boggling. Open up the jail cells and let them out. And is that better than giving them the resources they need? Well, I will tell you one thing. There was one decision that was made right here in Tampa, where they let some people out. One of the guys that the sheriff left out, left let let go out. He killed somebody the following day. So if you ask the family relatives of the victim. They'll tell you, no, it wasn't wasn't worth it. That's the sad part. All right, now, song of the week, The Wonders of You by Elvis Presley, the man, the king, Elvis Presley. As always, it is my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing Continue to pray for your family, for your community, for the agency that serves you, and most importantly, for our great nation, the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out. 22.